welcome. It indeed is Bo Snerly's Rush Hour. It is Friday. It is a day that will be long remembered in some circles because the Supreme Court in two days have pretty much upended a lot of liberal and progressive thinking, and they are outraged, they are angry, they are bitter, they are mad. And they have questions. One of the questions today, and if you would like to be on the program, by the way, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. One of the questions is, what should borrowers do now, now that the Supreme Court has blocked student loan forgiveness? That story was in the Hill. What should borrowers do now? I have a suggestion. They should pay their debt. Oh, but that's not popular. Another take on Joe Biden's overreach of executive power being turned down at the Supreme Court. From the Washington Post today, consumers and retailers brace for student loan payments to restart. Now, why would you think that retailers would be concerned? Because, my friends, according to the geniuses over at the Washington Post, A lot of the money that people would be otherwise spending in retail stores is now going to have to go toward repaying their debt, and that is going to hurt retail operations, you see. They point to a guy to begin their spin, Justin Thurman in Arkansas, who keeps his thermostat, his family's thermostat, set at a balmy 78 degrees all summer long, to save money. The family is not going to go out to eat anymore. They won't be able to have their one day out. They're juggling their streaming services. And they're cutting back on groceries and other spending. Still, with all of that, with ceasing the weekly outings to go get food from the outside, ceasing to buy as many groceries as they normally would, juggling the streaming services, that's still not going to be enough to offset the $460 he will need each month to pay down his $42,000 student loan. Mr. Thurman and 43.6 million other borrowers are going to have to resume their monthly payments. Economists, according to the Washington Post, now say that that would further cool consumer suspending. The lone bright spot for the U.S. economy. Well, that is a damning indictment on Joe Biden's economy. The only bright spot are that people are spending money. 
billions of dollars are now going to have to be redirected toward their monthly loan payments. Oh, no. Oh, no. It is terrible. And then there's the story of the websites. In reaction to the Supreme Court ruling that a religious woman, imagine this, will be allowed to practice her religion as she sees fit. Joe Biden says he's deeply concerned. President Biden said today he's deeply concerned about the Supreme Court's ruling in favor of a Christian web designer who refused to design gay websites. He's now urging the Congress to take action to protect, to protect LGBTQI plus people. I guess, my friends, if you cannot force this one woman to design your gay website, it means nobody will design it. You will not have a website. You'll have to learn how to write code and design your own website. Because nobody in Colorado but this one woman, this one Christian who refuses to abandon her religion because the state told her she must. She's the only one that can design a gay website. It must be. In America, no person, says Joe Biden, your president, no person should face discrimination simply because of who they are or who they love. That doesn't sound right, because that's not really. Let me amend the president's words so that they are actually in context with what this administration is saying. The real way, the proper way to explain this by the White House and liberal logic is this, my friends. In America... No person should face discrimination simply because of who they are or who they love unless they're Christians. The Christians are the problem here. These people won't go along with our views, and we don't like them anyway. The Supreme Court's disappointing decision in the 303 Creative LLC versus Alinas undermines that basic truth and Painfully, it comes during Pride Month, when millions of Americans across the country join together to celebrate the contributions, resilience, and strength of the LGBTQIA+, and drag queen and transgender in-your-face community. Well, he didn't say that. While the court's decision only addresses expressive original designs, I'm deeply concerned that the decision could invite more discrimination against LGBTQI plus Americans, he continued. Let me amend that statement. While the court's decision only addresses expressive original designs, I'm deeply concerned 
that this decision could invite even more Christians to go off on and, and tell us that their religion should be honored. How dare those Christians? We're the state. We're the government. Don't they know that the people in Colorado can make them design same-sex stuff if they want to? How dare these people use that religious stuff, that, 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 that phony argument about religion? How dare them use that when we're telling them that they have to accept what we say? Make no mistake about it, folks. The reaction from the left, unhinged as it is, is real and deep. Al Sharpton, on the affirmative action case, claims that a dagger has been put in the back of black people. You have a right wing Trump court, because let's not forget, Trump nominate a third of the sitting court, nine members, three of which Trump put there. That is saying, we'll protect the voting rights on Thursday, Friday, and Monday, and then we're going to pull the rug from under you in terms of you being able to even have an even consideration. Resist we much. Um, I don't understand what Al Sharpton's diatribe is all about. Frankly, I'm not going to try to get into it. He's mad. The other intellectual giant of the media, Whoopi Goldberg, is saying that the Supreme Court upset the precedent. The precedent was wrong, Whoopi. It should have been upset. She says, now the 14th Amendment is supposed to promise equal protection. But if everyone was actually treated equally, we wouldn't have had to put in affirmative action. We wouldn't have had to do it. I knew it's for you, Whoopi. Life is unfair. Some people are always going to get the short straw. And the court, no matter what they do, no matter what legislation does, it's not going to even out the straws in life. You know, this is a sad fact. Whoopi, I understand your sentiment. I'm not making fun of you either. I, just like you, Whoopi, would like a society where everybody could just get along, everybody could just, you know, do their thing, be who they are. Everybody could be groovy. But when you have conflicting interests, it doesn't work like that. What you fail to ignore, Whoopi, is the very thing that you're railing about, this 14th Amendment, equal protection. It's not equal protection when white and Asian kids who have worked hard are denied access to schools so that you can put someone else in because they're a different skin color. That is not equal protection. Now, you may think it's fair because of all the crap that black people have had to go through in America. Okay. Whoopee, I I hear you on that one. I know. Black people haven't had it easy in America. Hispanic people haven't had it easy in America in some cases. I got news for you. Asian people haven't had it easy in America. If you go look to the way that the West was won, oh, there's a whole story there about Chinese immigrants. But now in this day and age to say, okay, let's remedy that 
by punishing white people and by punishing Asians? That's not the answer. And I'm sad. It saddens me that people who I honestly do think want the best for our society, I don't think that Whoopi wants a bad America. I don't think that she wants, I don't think that Whoopi Goldberg, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt and say, I don't think that Whoopi Goldberg wants to hate people. I don't think that she's a hater. I don't think that about her. But I think people get so wrapped up in this black um, mind meld that in order to be black, you have to think like the majority of liberal blacks. That that's, you know, that's the view. Unless you comport to that view, they're not going to look at the intellectual arguments. It's an emotional argument. And it is an argument that ignores the Constitution entirely. Because the Constitution should be neutral. I mean, it's just, that that's just so basic. The Constitution of any country should not look at its citizens and say, okay, you, you, you get special treatment, you, you, you don't. That's just basic. But it's such a basic idea can be ignored. Tim Scott has responded to Obama's criticism. Both Barack and Michelle Obama have called the affirmative action ruling heartbreaking for young people. Tim Scott says that's a lie from the pit of hell. Not heartbreaking. Justice Roberts takes aim at liberal justices in defending the Supreme Court's legitimacy. We'll get to that part when when we get back. There's a WNBA player, another one. She says America is trash in so many ways. Yeah. Your country is trash because the court didn't rule the way she wanted it. Little River Band reminiscing. It's so funny this song. I, I love this song. I, I was um, hanging out with my grandparents in Alabama when this song came out. I used to wait for it to come up on the rotation because I love this song so much. And then I remember walking in Woodside near uh, the first station that I ever worked at, and this guy was walking down the middle of the street just belting this song out. Just singing it just so. And it's such a beautiful song. Little River Band reminiscing. We're coming back. WABC. Don't go away.
77 WABC. Dominic Carter. Entertaining and informative. Thank you very much, George Floyd. Now we have an entire generation of young people with a tremendous sense of entitlement. That because of what happened to George Floyd, that they can do whatever they want to. Dominic Carter, weeknights at midnight, just before the other side of midnight. Talk Radio 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. LaBelle, Patty LaBelle. In the early days, it was Patty LaBelle and the Bluebells. And then, of course, they changed it to simply LaBelle. This was the number one record, of course, for LaBelle back in 75. And then in 1998, the cover version. Let me hear your flow, sister. Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, Maya, Pink. Number one with Lady Marmalade. Give it a go. Yes, indeed. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, with you here on WABC. As I said, there is a uh, basketball player now. Don't worry, she's out in the in the left coast, so nothing is going to happen astray to her career. She'll be fine. Her name is Natasha Cloud. I must say, she's rather pretty. Um, Yeah, but she's also annoyed. She says, this woman plays for a basketball team called the Washington Mystics. They're part of the WNBA. This is what she said today following Supreme Court ruling. Our country, America, is trash. America is trash in so many ways. And instead of using our resources to make it better, we continue to oppress marginalized groups that we have targeted since the beginning of time. Well, number one, I haven't been targeting anybody since the beginning of time. Number two, I don't know what a marginalized group means. I hear this all the time. Marginalized. What the hell does that mean? What does it really mean? You say, oh, they're marginalized. What does that mean? These are cute little Maybe she should try smuggling THC vape into Russia and see if it changes her viewpoint. That's a good idea. Because the Russians don't play that, homie. But um, our country is trash. Here this woman is making her career in America bouncing a ball up and down and shooting it through a hoop. This is her career. And she says, 
your country, our country is trash because the Supreme Court just reaffirmed the very first amendment in the Constitution, which is that Congress and we should make no laws that impede on the religious freedoms of our citizens. Paraphrase. I don't even know whether she understands the issue. I don't even know whether this woman understands the history of America. I don't even know whether she understands the history of the world. Talk about oppressing marginalized people. Does this woman not know that Christians were, quote unquote, a marginalized people? That they were oppressed? Does this woman understand what happened in the Inquisition? Does this woman understand what happened during the reforms of Martin Luther? Who, by the way, had some issues. Does this woman not understand what took place during the time of Henry VIII? Does she not understand that this move to America was designed by people in search of freedom because they were being marginalized and that our country was founded on the notion that religious people should not be marginalized? I doubt it. Because then you would have more respect for people in their faith rather than just saying the country's trash because we get a woman here that thinks marginalized people have been harmed because people are allowed to practice their faith and live by their faith. People have died for this freedom. If you go back in time, they died in the Colosseums in Rome. They died all throughout the world. They have died throughout history so that they could look at their creator when their time on earth is up and say, I did my part, I stood firm on my beliefs. And now we have to listen to this little dribbler of a ball out here say that this country is trash. (sighs) Sonia Sotomayor. made a mistake in her dissent, which, by the way, has been ripped. I think it was Brett Kavanaugh ripped it. Pretty much said she didn't know what she's talking about, that she's arguing both sides. It would know it was Gorsuch, Neil Gorsuch. That's the story. You can find it at the dailybs.com today, the Daily BS. Difficult to read. Neil Gorsuch ruthlessly mocks Sotomayor's dissent and free speech case. But Sotomayor claimed that in this dissent that the Pulse nightclub shooting back in 2006 was because of anti-gay prejudice. That has never been proven. People still don't know what motivated the shooter. The shooter had been around other places that had more security. People are not even sure he even knew it was a gay nightclub. But the story in the Daily Bee yesterday about Neil Gorsuch whipping it, he had one line in there where he tells her pretty much 
You're arguing both sides. You're arguing against your own position here. And it's brilliant. I don't want to go into it too much time, but you can find the story. We have to take a break. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden is thoroughly with you. Rush Hour. We are going to get to your call, so if you're on hold, stay on hold. 800-848-WABC. Coming back right after this. This is Anita. I haven't heard this in years. I remember when this record came out, I freaking hated this record. I hated it with a passion. I thought it was the stupidest record I ever heard. Why? Because when you get to the chorus. What do you have against the chorus? It's stupid. I thought that was the stupidest chorus I had ever heard. And she sounds like a little mouse. I mean, can't you see a little mousy girl, like, with with little ears, like, mousy ears, just, like, singing this or something? I hated this record. But on this day in 1979, Anita Ward's Ring My Bell. Hey, Bo. Yes. I think I was with you on this one. Wasn't there a similar song where the girl was singing, says... The mailman rings my bell, and she was giggling throughout the whole song. Oh, he rings my bell. You remember that I, one? Something like that. Yeah. I, yes, I vaguely remember, remember that? it. This one was the one that got me, though. I feel like, I'm like, how does this record become number one? It did. It did. It was, it was a pretty popular tune. I remember that now when I think about this song. Yeah, then I, remember I, heard, that I, other one I that, heard this a lot on the radio. Whether you like it or course. not, I did. I heard it a lot, yeah. And remember that other one, Fly, Robin, Fly? Yes. Fly up to the sky? I I couldn't stand that. (laughs) It's like... Yeah, might as well be singing Barney. It's so, anyway. it's so fun. There's a lot of my my wife and I are in the car, and I changed the channel. She says, what are you doing that for? I said, I can't stand it. I mean, you know, a lot of... I loved a lot of music. Most I love, but some I just hated. Anyway. Exactly. (laughs) Right? You're allowed to hate a song. But I changed, I I, so, I changed the station. She says, what are you changing it for? I said, I can't stand that. I want to listen to this. Lisa says it was a big roller skating song. Well, that may be. I didn't roller skate. But the one with so the male person. Diego, can you find that? I'll find it, yeah. Yeah, no. It was a snappy little tune, actually. It was just, but it was, it was so ridiculous that you liked it and hated it at the same time. It was that kind of a song. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, this I is do. the worst song I ever heard, but it's, I love it. Anyway, okay. Should we go to traffic now? James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. June 30th, 1995. American soul singer Phyllis Hyman took her own life here in New York City. She was found hours before she was scheduled to perform at the Apollo. Phyllis Hyman is one of those voices to me. I just love this woman's voice. She was an amazing singer. Suffered from depression. 
most of her career. And she had some amazing hits. This one and this, this one is one of my favorite dance tracks of all time. This is an M. Toomey song. So this is one of the M. Toomey hits. Phyllis Hyman, you know how to love me. As Phyllis Hyman, again, on this day, 1995, Phyllis took her own life. Sad story, but an amazing singer. Andy Giuliani. Andrew Giuliani's on the line with us. Andrew, how are you, my friend? Well, Bo, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I'm very excited in just uh, less than 48 hours to interview President Trump. And I have to tell you, I heard your interview with President Trump, what was it, about two or three weeks ago now. And one of the questions, I love all the questions you posed him, but one of the questions I want to piggyback off of you was your question about the Department of Justice and specifically the FBI and ask, what is the plan to fix them? And is it even fixable at this point? Um, so I, I want to compliment you on the great job that you did interviewing the president. I know you've done it before and, and compliment you on a great job that you've been doing, uh, you know, in place of uh, the greatest uh, radio media voice of all time. Oh, my gosh. And that is so kind of you. Thank you so much. Let me ask you the question that you're going to ask the president. Is it too late? Is it? And and, and you have a really unique perspective. Look, they're going after your dad. These people are ruthless, and they have been going after him. And you know that that's what these people in Georgia want to do if they can figure out a way to do it. And it's all BS. This entire indictment, I've talked to so many people in who, who are lawyers who say the Presidential Records Act was never even brought up in this, this, this massive indictment that came up, that this whole thing is a farce, and yet it proceeds through the legal system. We've mm-hmm. seen it. We've seen it time after time. We've seen going back to the first term of Bill Clinton where FBI files end up in the White House. No one's ever held accountable they have corrupted a once amazing age. Well, your thoughts. I could go on about this. Do you think it's too late? I'll tell you what, Bo. I mean, think about this. When, well, first off, you mentioned the Presidential Records Act. And to that point, the reason why they never bring it up is because President Trump is completely defended and is completely right in what he did in the Presidential Records Act. There are no issues right there. Now, on to the DOJ and FBI. When you look at the fact that the DOJ started actually looking into my father the day after it was announced that he became President Trump's lawyer in 2018, think about that. The day after, they look at the president's lawyer, and they actually hack into his iCloud account. And then the FBI comes in and raids his apartment, takes his cell phones, takes his iPad. The only thing they don't take, Bo, is a copy of the laptop. That's right, of Hunter's laptop, because they didn't want that stuff to actually get through. So I don't know if it's fixable, but maybe it may be a solution like get it out of Washington, D.C. And I'm not talking about moving it across the Potomac to Arlington. Maybe move it into the heartland or something like that. Maybe a rebrand, a rename. Obviously, we want law enforcement agencies doing law enforcement work. But they're not doing law enforcement work right now. They're political. I don't want to say Gestapo's, but it's, they're certainly political activists for the Biden administration. Let me let me put point something out that a lot of people on quote-unquote, our side don't want to deal with, okay? 
this didn't just start. You can go back to the Kennedy administration and the way that that the Kennedys, I'm sorry, together with J. Edgar Hoover, tried to blackmail Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and illegally wiretapped him. You can go back further than that, Andrew. You can go back to the creation of the FBI. And this is very rarely discussed and how J. Edgar Hoover used it as a tool to take out his personal aggression on Italian-Americans who were immigrating to this country. Yeah. We have had an institutional problem here. And, and th- then there are patches in America. Everything seems to be okay. And then you, you find, again, more problems with the FBI. But there has been an institutional, and that is not to take away from the fine work of the people that actually... Uh, commit to service in this agency for all of the right reasons and do great work. But there have been institutional problems with this agency for a long time. So what is the solution? Is it, uh, to me, you have to scrub the entire leadership. And then you actually have to go through and, and, and agent by agent, employee by employee, figure out who's there to do the right thing and who's there with a political agenda. Absolutely. It's, uh, and you're right. And look, you go through these waves and you talk about the FBI under Hoover and then what they did to Martin Luther King and how that ended up working out. And just, uh, you know, I think it's so interesting talking to my father about this specifically because, you know, he worked hand in hand with the Federal Bureau of Investigation in the commission case to take down the five families of the mafia and one of the really highlights of, of our justice system over the last uh, in our country's history. So to see it now where it's become politely, completely political, which, you know, you're absolutely right. Maybe there were times and I think Hoover was certainly uh, very politically motivated in what he was doing. And and, uh, and that's terrible. But now we, we've gotten to a point where it doesn't seem like they can do anything but be political, right? They're not going to look at Hunter Biden. They're not going to look at Joe Biden's records, even though it's impossible as a senator to have records, to have classified documents in your office unless you physically remove them from a skip, from a room where you can view them. But President Trump, they're going to actually go after this, even though he's covered under the Presidential Records Act and it states clearly that he can declassify that material Uh, It's mind-boggling to me. And, Bo, I can tell you personally, my wife is from Lithuania. She grew up the first few years of her life under Soviet oppression. And her mom, right before she passed away, she told me that the media, now this is not law enforcement, the media reminds her more of Pravda than it does a free press in this country. I think the same can be said, true to be said, about, sadly, our DOJ and FBI in its current state. Tell people when you're going to be on with the president, please, Andrew. Absolutely. This Sunday, 2 p.m. on WABC Radio. You can listen on WABCradio.com or, of course, 770 or if you're in the New York area. And, Bo, thank you so much again for all the great work you're doing and having me on this afternoon. And I hope you and your listeners have an incredible, incredible Independence Day coming up. Thank you. And same to you. And please, you and I have to spend some real time together, maybe uh, over the next month or two, you'll find a day that we can just spend an hour together and just go through these issues one by one and in depth. And I can't wait to hear what you and the president discuss. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you, Bo. Count me in. I'd love that. There she goes. There she goes.
the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snerdly. You know, there are so many uh, great bass players out at Bo Snerdly, Rush Hour. There's so many great bass players in the world. Past and present, Charlie Mingus, uh, Ron Carter. Uh, uh, you can go on, of course, the great Jaco Pistorius. John Petitucci, Victor Bailey, Jerry Brooks, Anthony Jackson, but then there's Stanley Clark. It's Stanley Clark's birthday today. Stanley Clark, born June 30th, 1951, one of the great bassists of all time. Happy birthday, Stanley Clark. Also, a birthday today from The Moments, Inglewood, New Jersey, all platinum. And another great bass player on this, his name was Valman Burke, with Willie and the Mighty Magnificence. Valman and uh, some of the guys were in the studio, they're they're doing the music on this one. They laid the music tracks for Love on a Two-Way Street. One of the biggest hits in all platinum history. Also a birthday, Florence Ballad, June 30th, 1943. One of the original three of the Supremes. Happy birthday, all. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here with you on WABC. Let's head to the telephones. Let's go to Sonny in Rockland County. Sonny, how are you? Thank you for waiting. I'm doing great. I love the music you play. You know, I, I did some security work in 1980 for Diana Ross, beautiful lady, and her music in all Motown. I love it. Can't get enough of it, but uh, I love the music you play, Bo. But, you Thank know, you. you really missed one of the bass players. You know, I, I'm sure you're going to say it, but you Who? you skipped over it. Mike Huckabee, Who? he plays bass. <laughs> oh, Huckabee you know what? <laughs> I was at a gig with, I. you know, when we had the Don't Steal the Silverware um, uh, a party in D.C., this was one of the inaugural balls. Free Republic at the time did their own inaugural ball called, called Don't Steal the White House Silverware because Hillary Clinton was walking out with it. And uh, Mike Huckabee and his group played. That's the first time I met Governor Huckabee. And they were awesome. Mike Huckabee's a great bass player. No, I see him on the show. I mean, I was kidding around, but he is great, you know? Yeah, he is. So anyway, what's your point today, Sonny? Well, anyway, my point is two things. Um, You know, I was working with the FBI for a while with NCIS here in Staten Island, and uh and, you know, at one time they were really, they were really great. But now, you know, I really feel that they've been compromised. I don't think a lot of people think they've been compromised. And, you know, if, if Trump gets into office, what, what I like to see him do is dismantle the entire FBI and, and everyone. And I would move over ICE because I think they, they're, a, they're, a, they're a great agency, ICE. I think they're clean. Um, I work with them as well. And I think that would be a good move to, you know, with all their excess that they have it and just move them right over. You know, I, I think that would be a start anyway. Uh, something or, or clearly. Oh. Yeah, something clearly has to be done. 
I appreciate that. Sonny, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Jim in the Bronx. Jim, how are you? I'm very good, sir. Listen, I must tell you one thing. You're a good representative of Rush Limbaugh, who I used to listen faithfully. I'm almost 88 years old this past June. So I'm uh, also, when I went to college, I had to pay for my own education, my own college tuition, and I, being, you know, I, I work hard to do it. And I, I did. I don't want any anything from the from the government. I think that's wrong. If you can't, you could. I went to all kinds of jobs. I'm, I'm a Pace University graduate, and 61. It's a long time. Jim, thank you. Number one, thank you for your kind words. I so appreciate them, and and thank you from the bottom of my heart for those kind words. Um, I hear you. You know, the mindset has changed. We used to be in a society, we used to live in a society where if people talked about getting a handout from the government, it was not a good thing. Now it is flipped to it's expected. And if you don't get the government handout, something's wrong with the government for not giving it to you. And it's, and, and there's, you know, um, this, this woman out in St. Louis is Corey Bush went on a rant today about how the Supreme Court justices want to line their own pockets and all this stuff, this continued attack on the court, instead of helping people with loans. It's as if these loans just walked their way into these people's pockets by themselves. Why, they didn't ask for the loans. They just came into their pockets, and they said, "Uh, sure, why not? And they took the money, and now they shouldn't have to pay it back. And it's wrong if people do think that you should have to pay it back. It's amazing. Richie, you're up next. You're in New Jersey. Hi, Richie. Hi, James. I don't know if I call you James or Bo. You're talking about Either one. Play. Excuse me? I said you talk about bass playing. I used to play a washtub bass. Whoa. That goes back a little while. Well, I go back a little while. Uh, I sang on radio in 55, but I love your music, but I'm pro to country. I used to sing, and but I'm very involved in politics, and I love the way WABC covers what's going on and what needs to be done. And I'm just hoping I live long enough to see Trump again. And I told my daughter... Until this government stops giving everything to the illegals, don't pay that doggone. She's a, a school teacher, even a special ed. I mean, she's been paying it. Uh, you know, it's not easy. They got two beautiful look, you don't, girls, I, my granddaughters. Richie, I hear what you're saying, but, but look, your daughter's got a credit rating that needs to be taken into account, too. Not paying your loan has really serious ramifications for some people. Some people just brush it off. They don't care. Some people just deal with bankruptcy like it's, ah, you know what, so what, I'll declare bankruptcy. But people that want to make financial plans and further themselves, you need to really think twice about not paying your loans. I hear you, Richie, though. I hear every word you're saying, and I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Tony in New Jersey, welcome. You're on WABC, Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? Okay, great show, James. Uh, Thank you. I'd like to mention, uh, where is the uh, outrage in the black liberal community without Sharpton at the head of it? 
where is the outrage about white privilege when it comes to the Bidens? I mean, um, Leslie Snipes went to jail for three years. Great actor. He went to jail for tax evasion. How come nothing happens to this white guy? And he's not the only one. Lauren Hill was put on the house arrest for a while. You have the, the, uh, the rapper Kodak. We had his lawyer on talking about the same thing. This is, and, and, and here's what makes it worse, okay? The DOJ's own policy says, their own policy says that there should be no diversionary programs for gun offenses. And so this is not only a slap in the face to everybody that has had to serve time because of the tax issues or the gun issues. This is a clear, we're going to do Hunter a solid that nobody else would get. It is a clear case of privilege. And so where are they? Why, of course, they're where they usually are when something comes up that flies in the face of their continued mouthing off about it, uh, how unfair and marginalized people are. They ignore it because they don't want to handle the truth. And the truth would show the hypocrisy that runs through and through the Democrat Party from the top to the bottom. Oh, time goes too quickly. If you're on hold, we didn't get to you. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. I know it's early. I believe me, I know it's early. But we'll be having our coffee at 7 a.m. And we hope you're there with us for both Nerdly's Saturday morning radio extravaganza. More fun, more frivolity, and more serious discussion of the issues. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. Love, gratitude for you being here. God willing, here tomorrow at 7 a.m. And we'll see you then. Bye.